0: Something about Mary. What the hell's Brett Favre doing here? <laughs> I'm here to talk about the Aaron Rodgers situation on Wildy and Tows, you dumbass. How's my Favre there? That's better. What'd you think? That's better. Is it getting better? Why don't we ask Brett? We'll, we'll, let, we'll let him be the judge to give us... He's the only guy on the planet that can give us the level of insight that he's about to give us. There's nobody else other than Aaron Rodgers... Who's going through it himself? Joining us now, he is the Packers and Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback. Who has been down this road before? It is Brett Favre on Wilde and Tausch. Brett, good morning. How are you? First of all, I a terrible
1: impression.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brett, it's, it's I, always worse. He gave you his best when you were actually on with us.
1: <laughs> uh, anyway...
2: I'm so what else is going
1: on besides the latest hey, news? There so, Brett, before else, you right? get
2: into all the stuff we're going to ask you about, what kind of residual? are you still getting good residuals from something about Mary?
1: I get zero residuals. Maybe or somebody may be getting them. I'm not getting them. <laughs> you know, what, it's funny because people say, I bet you made a lot of money doing that. I think they, honestly, I think they paid me. It was like they had to pay me like $600 uh, and you have to join like the Actors Guild and all this stuff. Uh, Now, if if there's any royalties for every time it's been played or or I've been asked about it, I haven't gotten it and I could have retired a long time ago if, if that were the case, if if I was getting residuals. So maybe bus is getting residuals and I don't know about it.
2: Well, but Brett, you would have unretired anyways, even if you did retire, wouldn't you?
1: Probably a couple times, maybe. <laughs> you know, All right, I paved uh... the way for retiring and unretiring, didn't I? There's no doubt about that. You're like a boxer. Now, now it's kind of cool, you know. I mean, like you, you retire and you unretire, and everyone loves you. I, I had to weather the storm, so so you know everyone can have the. Luxury of retiring and unretiring now. Yeah, anyway, that was really fun. I really enjoyed <laughs> that time. It was fun. I, well, some of it was fun. I mean, I obviously didn't do that for uh, kicks and giggles, um, but but playing was fun. You know, when people ask me, do I miss the game, and I tell them no, that surprises them. But when I tell them I miss you know, playing jokes on the guys, and, and Taos knows what I'm talking about, like bus rides, acting goofy in the locker room, you, you know, uh, you name it. Team meetings, you know, pulling up a video of, of, of a player or a coach and, and having fun with it, that's the stuff I miss. I don't miss, all right, Brett, it's it's do or die. you got 80 yards to go. And uh, no timeouts in 40 seconds, and we need a touchdown. I don't miss that. Yeah, and
0: I don't miss miss the days where you would clear the locker room with those stinky oils that you would put in a towel and then drop it during the media access. (laughs) Um, That was fun, too. Uh, Brett, did you and Buss in 2008 have a plan? Because as we're watching – the Rogers saga now start to follow the same path as the summer of 2008. It's Tausch and I are trying to figure out what David Dunn and Rogers have planned here. Did you have a plan and how are you watching this unfold given the experience that you went through yourself?
1: Well, our plan was, was, I know it seems like it was complicated, but it was very simple. Um, You know, and I've, Admitted this so many times. I was guilty of retiring early uh, under what I felt like. And Mike McCarthy and I, we get along fine now. We, you know, we're way beyond that. But you know, he, I felt like I was under pressure to to give an answer, and and really. We sort of had a, you know, a elevated discussion, uh, like I'm having with you guys now. It was a speaker phone in my truck and he said, Hey, can I count on you this year? Uh, and, and it, this was prior to the draft and I was still reeling in a negative way and, and pouting over the loss to the Giants. And, um, the last thing I wanted to think about was football. Um, I hadn't gotten over the loss. Uh, it was a great year, but, but it ended terribly. And so he, he just kept pressuring me. And I I, I kind of felt I, I knew that when Ted Thompson didn't come see me after the last game, usually the next day at the end of the season, we'd visit and we'd talk about old times. And, and, and I had no problems with Ted. And when he didn't come and see me, I knew the writing was on the wall. Um, so, 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 long story short, I felt I felt like you know that if I chose to come back, if I, if I'd have said right away when when McCarthy when McCarthy called me that I was coming back, there was nothing they could do about it necessarily. I mean, there is something, but they but they would have they would have gone ahead as planned. But they had to do something with Aaron, understandably so. I got that. I understood it. Um, so, you know, I, I'm guilty of retiring early. And and then come May, June, I start getting the itch again. And uh, I could have gone back and played in Green Bay. But I, it was one of those things that the fans wanted me back, but I knew the organization – couldn't tell me no, but didn't necessarily want me. And who wants to play in that environment? So our plan was initially, all right, if you go back and play, you're going to play in Green Bay. And then, you know, the 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 relationship was such that, you know, and they were willing to trade me. It sounds like the Packers now are not willing to trade um, Aaron. You know, it's a tug of war. So it's, it's similar, but, but also very different than my situation. They, now I was told that two teams wanted me in the trade, the Jets and Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, there could have been more. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, but I, so our plan was, okay, where do we go? Um, given that if what they're saying is true, that there's two teams available. Uh, so that was that was basically it in a nutshell.
0: So, Brett, I, I, I am amazed and and happy that you and Aaron went from some of those rough times to now being such close friends. Has he consulted you? Has he asked you for advice as he's going through this? I know the situations aren't exactly the same, but there's still a lot of parallels, and your expert advice would seem to come in handy here.
1: And no, you know, I sent him a text. I didn't watch the draft, but I had everybody sending me messages, Um, you know, right leading up to the draft and within the first few picks of the first round. People kept sending me messages. Hey, um, Aaron's getting ready to be traded. And I'm thinking, yeah, you're you're crazy. You know, what's going on? And I kept getting different people. What's Aaron going to do? Have you heard anything? And so I, without watching any t v or talking to anyone uh you know uh involved in the situation either either side, I just sent Aaron a message and said, "Hey, am I going to see you playing for the saints this year just just kind of joking <laughs> uh, and he sent back, "Hey, buddy, uh I don't believe that's going to happen uh and I, and also in that text, I just said, hey, hope hope everything's okay." Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting a lot of messages from people asking me what's the deal. And he said, Hey, thanks for checking on me. Uh, I'll touch base with you, uh, after all this is over. And that was it. So we haven't, we haven't talked since. Um, and I, I only know what I hear like, like the average fan. Um, you know, everyone thinks that I'm, I'm, you know, a direct line I don't expect Aaron to reach out to me. I mean, if he said, hey, let me, you mind if I pick your brain? I'd I, I certainly love to talk to him. But uh, Sure. You know, you know, the one thing, and I think we talked about this last year uh, when I was on your show uh, talking about the draft, and the one thing Aaron said last year was I see – now, of course, he's basically at the same age, the same year, or close to when we drafted him, and he said, "I, you know, I sort of see and feel what you were going through now," um, but we haven't discussed that anymore since then. Um, I, you know, I guess the biggest question, and I'm sure fans are are, are feeling the same way, and you guys are too. We really don't know what is going on. Like, what what is – you assume that maybe it's more guaranteed money or contract situation, but maybe it's something to do with them not drafting a certain player or getting a certain free agent. And maybe it's something that we totally are unaware of. I don't know. I think that's the well, the main issue is what is causing this rift. Right. What What does he want? would you agree? Well,
0: yeah. And so, Brett, there's a couple things, right? It looks like there's a, a conflict between him and Brian Gutekunst. And, and look, I know Ted would send you text messages after you got traded, and I know you guys were in a good place at the end before he passed away. But right now, it seems really ugly between Rodgers and Gutekunst. He also wants to be able to have people talk to him about personnel decisions, and gosh, that sounds familiar because, you know, they didn't talk to you about moving on from Marco Rivera or Mike Wall or trying to trade for Randy Moss. I'm, if if Aaron calls you, if he does, what's your advice to him? Because there are those similarities that he feels like he's not included in the process and I don't think Ted probably had the conversations with you that you would have liked to have had even if he didn't do the things you wanted him to do at least to be in the conversation so what would your advice be as we kind of go down the same path
1: In relation to my situation I was never, and this goes back to Ron Wolf I was never invited into personnel meetings I was never really I mean on a rare occasion whether it be Ron Wolf Mike Sherman, um, Ted, I would be, I would be asked or maybe even John Dorsey or somebody would ask me about a particular player. What do you think of this guy? And, and and it really never got in in depth to a point where I was like, well, is this some, some guy we're trying to sign or, or I mean, I use that to say, well, I think the guy's a good player. Uh, You know, maybe he's lost a step or, uh, you know, he's a good pass blocker. But, you know, I mean, it was just really in passing. Now, that being said, I never expected to be in a draft room or in a personnel meeting or to have – that's not to say that I didn't say, you know, let's go for this guy or let's go for that guy or maybe we need to move on. I mean I've had those thoughts but there's no way I would have ever gone to Ron Wolf and said Ron I want to sit in the draft room or I want to I want to have some input on this you know he would have kicked me to the curb as much as he loved me um I I, I really didn't want that um I don't I wouldn't call it favoritism or uh I didn't want that that level of involvement myself, you know. So that being said, again, I don't know what Eric beef is. I mean, if it, it, I find it hard to believe that they are, you know, at, at, at the odds that they are presently over not drafting or drafting a quarterback last year and not drafting a specific skill player to help them out. He could be a little bit disgruntled by that, but to a point where he is, uh, you know, it, 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 there's such, I don't, I would I, I hate is too strong of a word, but a dislike to the level that we're seeing and hearing right now, I, I find it hard to believe that that's what it's over. So I, it's hard for me to comment without knowing what it is that happened and and if if it's something that he said to Aaron that he that was very important uh and then he backtracked on it or neglected to do what he said he was going to do that's one thing if he's basically said what he's going to do and it's something you don't necessarily agree with um then that's a different different scenario altogether and and you can't fault the GM or an owner if they say hey I know you don't like it, but we're we're drafting the quarterback and, and we're gonna go defense in this draft and I know you feel like you need some help, but trust me, I, I, I'm I'm in it for you. You may not think so, but I'm in it for you. You can't I I, I don't think that you can harbor any grudges if a guy approaches it that way. Well Brett uh, has he approached it that way? I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't well, Brett, like. I guess the
2: question I have and you know we hear the reports. A lot of this stems from, you know, we heard yesterday, Jake Kummer being released, but the Jordan Love draft pick and the fact that Aaron had no clue it was coming. I guess, first off, did Ted or anybody let you know when Aaron Rodgers was coming and then how you have that conversation and the communication about what the plans are moving forward can be really difficult. I guess, first off, did you have any conversations with Ted about that? And then what, How did that relationship move forward with Ted after he did pick, Aaron?
1: There was absolutely no conversation between Ted and I or anyone within the organization leading up to the draft or right before that pick um, in regards to to drafting Aaron. When they drafted him, and and Aaron and I have had this conversation, in no way, shape, or form was I upset, disgruntled, uh, offended, anything like that. In fact, my my first and only thought was, it's about time. And, and I, what I mean by that is, you know, I've played long enough and been good enough for the most part that they've never had to really worry about that position. And at some point, I I mean, well before that draft pick, I, I was well aware that somebody is going to replace me as a starting quarterback no different than Bart Starr or Lynn Dickey, uh, Don Mikowski, it, it, it happened. So I was not surprised by it. I was not in any way um, in fear of my job. I felt like, you know, as long as I play the way I, I'm capable of and put in the time and the effort and the hard work that I've always done, then I'm fine. And and Aaron and I got along great. Um the, the the question is, to me, like with Jordan Love, so when they draft him, you, you assume Aaron's going to play five years, maybe even more. Nowadays, it's not uncommon to play into the 40s and play well. Aaron shows no signs. In fact, he's better now physically and mentally than he's ever been. And so 38, so what? You, you just throw that term out loosely, but it, it means nothing. So you assume... That he's going to be playing five years at least. So where does where does Jordan Love fit into the equation? And you are you going to come to a point almost like with Aaron that you have to either give him a new contract, uh, a, a fairly lucrative new contract, and really don't even know if he's that guy you assume based on the draft. But it's it's like you draft a guy like that if you think Aaron's going to be. One more year or he's giving you an indication that, look, I'm going to play one more year, maybe two. That makes a lot more sense than drafting the guy. I got no ill feelings towards Jordan Love and I hope that he is a, a great player. But from a business standpoint, it just, it, it, you know, it's like it sends the message that we're, we're planning for the future and that's okay. But when is he going to replace Aaron? Are you going to replace him, or are you assuming, or do you know something that the, that the, the public does not know? Meaning he's he's promised us he's going to play two years and be done. It just it, it's just a little bit of a head scratcher.
2: Yeah. So Brett, look, kind of just looking back on that time frame with Aaron and you, and Aaron obviously continued to develop. He came in that Cowboy game. Was there ever in your mind of the thought? You knew at the end, right, after the Giants, the tough NFC Championship game, you felt like the organization wanted to move forward. Was there any part of you that said, I'm not going to let you move forward without me? Because you just, you wonder where those feelings come from, from Aaron's perspective moving forward with Jordan Love.
1: No, that really wasn't, you know, Aaron the the one game and you mentioned, the Dallas game, uh as I recall, yeah, I got hurt, I hurt my elbow and and Aaron came in and played. He played great. Um and that was really um, where eyebrows really were raised. I mean, he didn't play a whole lot prior to that, but a few times that he got in, there was nothing uh either good or bad. Uh To remember, but that Dallas game, he played exceptionally well, Um, and I I, and I knew I was mentally I I I was just kind of worn out Um, and had it. You know, I think had me and McCarthy not had the discussions after I had retired uh, the way we did. I just got to, when I told him I was thinking about coming back and he didn't like that. He did not want to hear that. And the hostility that I felt from him sort of sparked me to, okay, well, I'll show you then. You know, it was one of those things. Right or wrong, it it sort of motivated me yet again because I was a little bit unmotivated I didn't know if I had enough left in the tank to to keep going. And he sort of sparked, reignited my fire. Um, and like I said, that being said, I didn't think it was going to be there. Now, at that point, I was like, do I want to go through Possibly playing for another team, learning a new offense, <clears throat> getting a, a, a rapport, a chemistry with a whole new group of guys. I don't, I didn't know if I had it in me, but I felt like if I, if I didn't pursue that, that, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I felt like the Packers were going to win on this, that they sort of forced me out. At least that was my gut feeling. And, and I let them push me out the door. How dare I do that? So that's kind of what reignited my my passion. Talking with
0: how Brett Barr by ninety four
1: five. Know, I, you know how that Sorry, relates, Aaron. I, I don't necessarily know because I don't really know the specifics. I just know that he's been a tremendous player from a production standpoint. What kind of teammate he is, I have no idea. I'm, I'm not in the locker room. What kind of leader he is i i'm a, i'm a i assume a, a good leader maybe he's, he doesn't spend a lot of time with the guys maybe he does i don't I don't know, but you cannot argue with the production um and you can't say that his age is is creeping up on him yeah, he's getting older, but I think he's getting better as he as he gets older.
0: Talking with Brett Favre on 94.5 ESPN WKTI Milwaukee and 100.5 ESPN WTLX Monona-Madison. Brett, um, I don't think we have the renovated Lambeau Field without you. I don't think we have Town without Aaron. I think there's a lot of people that made a lot of money and created some pretty darn good legacies because they had, as people like to say, gold jacket quarterbacks doing a lot of it. Did you feel underappreciated, many times during your time, because I do think that that is part of this entire ugly scene that we're in now, is that I don't think Aaron Rodgers feels like he's appreciated. And now all the talk about how much they need him now is counter to what he has felt inside the building in the past. Did you ever feel that
1: way? No, I I, I didn't. Um, I, I I, I would hear from time to time from just Outside people, fans, prior organization people, uh, that you know, they would say things that I, I would almost blush. You know, like you built this stadium, you did this. I mean, you you brought you know the the glory days back to Lambeau uh, and to Green Bay fans across the the nation. I mean, I was honored to hear that, but I never, I never looked at it that way. Um, I was just thankful that to have an opportunity, and the relationship I had to to me with the fans was most important. I think the fans could relate to me, uh, the blue collar uh, work ethic, and and just kind of the all shucks mentality. It, it's what you saw is what you got, and I never really thought about. You know, I think one of the secrets to my success was I never really thought about success ever you know being in commercials um, making the money that i I was so uh, uh, have been so thankful to make I, I just wanted to play and I would hear those things and I but it would go in one ear and out the other I, I never felt like I was owed anything other than what I was what I was given which was in my opinion was uh, way more than I deserved.
0: So, Brett, let me ask you this. So, last night, uh, Aaron appears up on the scoreboard at a minor league baseball game in Appleton on a commercial for a car dealership, and there's fans there, and they booed him. Um, As many fans as were chanting at practice, we want Brett and starting websites, etc. There were others, and especially when you went to the Vikings, who started your jersey on fire on their grill. How does that feel to experience especially when you've done what you've done for an organization and how do you get over that or how do you win the fans back because i was inside lambeau field when you came back to go into the hall of fame i didn't see anybody booing you or starting your jersey on fire so
1: how does that
0: process work
1: well i'd love to give you a secret formula i just i tried to be me you know um I you know the relationship with the fans could not have been better. Now when I came back as a as a Viking, I totally understood it, 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 I mean I deep down inside on that on the bus on the bus coming in from Appleton as a visitor for the first time in my life uh seeing it from the other side it was um, It was really an uh, an, uh, an emotional roller coaster, you know. I mean, I, I just thought of all the times that I drove from my house over to to Lambeau as a starting quarterback, and and the the relationship, the the the, the love that the fans had showed me, and it could not have been more opposite. But I totally got it. I, I. I I would have been shocked had they, I would have been the toast of the town still. Um, so, you know, I think and, and once I left Minnesota and was done for good, I knew, or at least I felt like it, at some point the relationship would get back to where it was. Because, look, I was a Packer, and and that really is who I was and what, you know, what I – people relate me to, and that was never going to change. Um, And I wanted the fans to know that. And I think after a few years and the dust had settled, um, I was nervous when I walked in the Lambeau that time that that you're referring to. But I could not, I mean, I had goosebumps. I mean, I I was in tears. I could not believe the outpouring of love that they had showed uh, that particular day. And I knew that the relationship was back where I had hoped it would get back to at some point. Uh, but I think the people again, the, uh, being authentic, being real. Uh, you know, I mean, what was done was done. But I still loved my 16 years in Green Bay. Wouldn't trade it for anything. And the way I played, I played strictly to entertain the fans and 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 do my absolute best for that organization. And I think people really. When it got down to it, that's what they appreciated.
0: Well, thank God you didn't win a Super Bowl for the Vikings, because I'm not sure they would have loved
1: you quite as much. <laughs> well, we don't have to worry about that, right?
0: No, we no we don't. Uh, so talking with Brett Favre on Wildey and Tausch. All right, so Brett. And and I don't know if this happened in just the heat of the moment. I don't know if it was a formal request, but it was widely reported after the oh seven draft that you in some way, whether it was you or Bus or whatever, said I want to be traded. That obviously didn't happen. No. You that's not true? Absolutely
1: not. Absolutely okay. not.
0: So if there's hard feelings, okay, maybe there's not a trade request per se, but you you were unhappy, is that fair to say in oh seven after the draft and after Randy Moss and everything else? Is that fair?
1: Um boy I can't even hardly remember. I, I um I, well, don't let's think, I, no, I don't think I Yeah, I don't think I was uh, was unhappy. Um you know, again, we talked about this earlier. I think you know maybe my my feelings towards a player uh I felt like could help us was worthy of going for, but i I may not necessarily agree with them going in a different direction but i but I understood the process whether I liked it or not was a different story but my my job was and always had been was to play quarterback and be accountable and consistent. And I knew that that was, that was extremely tough to do. And the, the less I worried about what what players were studying, were they going to be up to par on game day? You know, I, and, and let me back up. The latter part of my career, I spent a great deal of time worrying about things that I couldn't control. And I think that's part of the aging process and – in the, just the experience that you gain you know when i was when i was 22 23 years old we went to play dallas and and they were so dominant i thought well we can beat them what the heck i was naive i didn't i didn't and that served me well as i look back in, in hindsight when i got older i would say we don't stand a chance against this team Wh- whoever it may be. you know i because i saw things more like a coach and so the less I worried about things that I couldn't control, the better off I would be. Now, that that being said, it was hard. But I never, you know, if, if I said, hey, I, maybe let's go for this guy. We got a chance to, you know, to in, improve our offense greatly if we get this guy. And they said, well, I appreciate it, but we're going to go in a different direction. I mean, I didn't go pout and, and, and certainly didn't want it to affect my – day-to-day decision making on the practice field and certainly not in games. So the
0: the reason the reason I ask that is because how does Rodgers if he wants to walk this back? How does he return to the Packers when things have gotten to this point now? And that's why I asked about 2007 cuz my recollection is fairly clear that you were pretty unhappy and and disappointed with the way things were trending you obviously have a fantastic season in 2007 but whatever hard feelings you may or may not have had you put them aside and played great in 07 um i'm just wondering what aaron does if if he doesn't end up being traded and he ends up coming back i just i'm wondering how he kind of overcomes everything that's come out in the last week
1: Boy, that's a good question. I, you know, that's a million-dollar question. Um, you know, I, I think I know Aaron fairly well. And I, honestly, I just don't see him coming back and just saying, all right, let's bury the hatchet, whatever that – whatever caused the rift. I'm just going to come back and play because I love love the guys. I love the Green Bay fans. Uh, I, I assume that he he does – um, but his, his rift isn't with the fans nor the players. It's with the the front office, you know. So will he just swallow his pride and come in? Maybe. But I don't see that happening. I, I, if there's not a trade, my gut tells me that he, he'd rather sit out than play that's just my gut. I mean, there's no yeah. reason for me to say that other than that's just what my gut's telling me. So and I think you there... guys know Aaron fairly well, well enough to, to sort of feel the same way.
2: Yeah, but, Brett, I, listen, we all know that Aaron is, I guess, stubborn would be the nice way to put it. He sticks to his guns. But if you put yourself in his position, you are there. If you're 38 years old and you have a team that can win a championship and you want to add another Super Bowl to your legacy and the Packers are steadfast and, nope, not trading you under any circumstances, isn't it going to be really difficult for him, even being stubborn and wanting to stick to his principles, to just sit out a full season when you're at this point in your career?
1: Um, it, yeah. You, I, Jason, wh- whoever would say, that's crazy for for him to even think about doing that. But to me, that's that's Aaron Rodgers in a nutshell. He'll do completely the opposite of what, just when you think that, you know, he's lost his touch, He, you know, he has an MVP year. Just when you think that he's going to do this, he's going to do that in spite of you. Um, right or wrong, um, whether you like it or you don't like it, I think that, you know, I, I, it just would not surprise me, much like a Barry Sanders did, uh, uh, that 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 could be the scenario that plays out. I know he wants to win another Super Bowl. How how could you not? Um, and maybe maybe he thinks that they will trade him if really it comes down to, I'm not going to, and, and they believe that uh, 100% that he wouldn't play there again, that they might, they might as well deal him. As bad as it it hurts him, they might as well deal him and get something out of it at least. you know it comes down to who who can afford to get away with him sitting out more, Aaron or the Packers. And I I don't know the answer to that, Brett. When
0: I when I look back on you coming back and you know, being inducted into the Packers Hall of Fame. I remember they were still renovating the Hall of Fame, and we did, like, this conference call with you in, like, the construction zone. And Mooch was there. And and I remember talking to Bob Harlan and what a critical role he played in kind of patching things up. Um, as you went through the summer of 2008, Bob was no longer president, and I know you had a really close relationship with him. You didn't even know Mark Murphy really at that point. There was that whole right. awkward trip down to Mississippi. I don't, did he bring an entire suitcase of cash, or it's did plainful. he just tell you that he had $20 million for you to stay retired? Which was it?
1: I think and he brought the money and opened a briefcase, I might have fell for it. <laughs> <Okay>. But No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, uh,
0: what I, my my point is, Brett, that that you know, and I I I know you love Bob Harlan. I, he's one of my favorite humans on the entire planet. Yeah. He was a guy that could fix things, right? I I just yeah. I'm wondering, maybe maybe it's you. Maybe you're the guy that can fix this. Is there anyone that yeah. can fix
1: this?
2: Yes. Let's get that. This is a great idea. I'm drafting Farby. you, <laughs> Farvey, get down there.
1: Maybe, maybe Larry Bechtel can fix it. Now, a lot of this younger generation fans that are here in this interview go, "Who is Larry Bechtel?" <laughs> but oh. he, he, we know he Larry Bechtel. <laughs> yeah, he's he, all joking aside. I I, I don't know. Um, I, you know, I don't know who Aaron feels close to within that organization you know it, much like my situation there here's where it's similar you look around you're the only guy left from the regime that drafted you and even though that you're uh, the longest tenured person in that building you feel like the outsider and 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 Aaron and I have had that conversation that you look around and you go no one's here that was that was here either player or organization other than red and, uh, Flea, T Bone, you know Kurt, those guys. Um, everybody else is gone, and you feel like the outsider. So I don't know who he, if there is somebody that he feels like uh, is sort of his bridge between the organ- the present organization and the old. Um, you know that it's that, a good question. Maybe there isn't anyone.
0: I think you're the guy.
1: Farvey to the I, rescue. I, I, I yep. think
0: you're the guy. You can, yep. You're the hero Packers Nation needs and deserves, like Batman.
1: Well, maybe I can get that $20 million now. <laughs> oh, I bet I bet if you resolve it, you'll get that $20 million. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'd like to think so, Tausch, but if, if I do, you and I split it. How there about you that? Go. That sounds a good deal. We'll hey, give, we'll, whoa, whoa, we'll it was my idea.
2: No, you're out on that. All right, fair enough.
1: I lost like you, will so what, be, but not not that much.
0: It, all right, so you're gonna take my idea and take the twenty million and run. Fine. You two enjoy yourselves. All right, Brett. So what? As you watch this unfold, as a fan of the Packers, as a friend of Aaron Rodgers, what are you hoping happens? What are you cheering for? What you know? What do you want to see be the end result here for yourself?
1: um i i'd like to see him win a super bowl in in green bay um another one uh you know I, i'd like to but i you know the thing is life's too short i want him to be happy I, you know I, I mean he's he's been there as long as i was there and i know what that means and he's he's put up unbelievable numbers uh, win another Super Bowl, and then do what you want to do, whether it's keep playing, play somewhere else, whatever. But win one more in Green Bay um, and and go out the way you want to go out. You don't want to go out this way, whether it's sit out or, or play somewhere else. I mean, a lot of people would love to see him sit out. I, I can name a lot. Everybody in the NFC. Teams. Would love, would love to see him sit out or come to their team. Either one. But they don't want to see him go back to Green Bay. And, and that's what I'd like to see.
0: All right, one last, one last thing for me, and, and that's this. So Taush and I have talked about this a lot. And, and look, Aaron has been close to both Taush and to me. Um, we obviously like him. But we have always said that for whatever reason, whether it's personality or the great stories you would tell about the kill and Meemaw and the whole gang down there, that there was you have always been, for whatever reason, more beloved among Packers fans. There are lots of Packers fans that love Aaron and love how he plays and how great he is. But the personal connection just hasn't been to the level that you created with Packers fans during your playing career. If this ends poorly, and it doesn't happen the way you just said, of him winning another Super Bowl in Green Bay, can he get to where you are now with the Packers and the Packers fan base? Because
1: he's not think, starting from yeah, the same I think point so. you so. Uh, you know, I say this because Packer fans are like... <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I say I say it sorry about that. I say that because uh Tiger fans are like no other. I mean, they that's what makes Green Bay such a special place to play. You go there and you go, this is not LA, this is not New York, it's not Chicago, it's not the big city. But everywhere I go, me and my wife we went to Ireland 2 years ago on, on uh, a seven-day vacation, and I saw more Packer fans that were from – in fact, the one that couple that comes to mind was from Denmark and who are huge fans. Packer fans are like no other. And, you know, maybe they have their favorite players more so than other players, but if you play for them and you pour your heart and soul out, maybe you're not the most likable guy in their book. But they they will respect you and love you uh, in the same breath, I believe. All
2: right, Brett. Well, Brett, thanks so much for your time. We're going to miss you not coming up for the AmFam Championship. Hopefully we'll see you in Uh, two
1: years. Yeah, I was hoping to play in it, man. What a great event. Yeah, and Uh
2: lastly, i got to say, our producer, Jesse, who's called you, Uh, He stuck with you uh, because we've been talking about the scenario that happened in 08. He bought your Jets jersey. He bought the Vikings jersey. He was all in on Farvey, and he has a question he wants to ask you before we let you go. Yeah, Brad, hi. I'm getting married one month from today, and we've got some openings. I was wondering, uh, would you like to be an usher or something? like Tundra Lodge. It's in Green Bay. You can shake some hands. Uh, It'll be kind of fun, right?
1: Uh, Yeah, I, I, I would love to. Send me the invite. And uh, I'll see you up there. Great.
2: RSVP is due Friday, just so you know. So I'll I'll get that to you pretty quick. No
1: no pressure. No pressure. But I'm not wearing a tux. That seems reasonable. Shorts. I mean, blue jeans and a t-shirt with the sleeves cut off, or I'm not doing it.
2: Sounds great to me. I'll have to run it by the fiance. She's in charge. But, yeah,
1: that sounds good to me. All right. Good deal.
2: Brett, uh...
0: I can't wait to see at Jesse's wedding. We appreciate you giving your insights and taking Tausha's call. Um, I, I I hope what you hope is the outcome here ends up being the case, but I don't have a whole lot of faith in that actually happening.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting what takes place here between now and the start of camp. But I'm I'm not right now. I'm not very optimistic.
0: Thanks for making time for us, man. We'll talk to you again soon. I Love you guys. That is Brett Favre. There's a lot to unpack there, Uh, as is often the case when you talk to Brett Favre. Um, But he doesn't sound optimistic at all, frankly. I ain't
2: going to lie to you. I thought the the truck was backing up. Um, Truck's back in first gear heading down the road after listening to Brett.